Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Tony Moxon with your high school sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? With me this week is one of the best high school football coaches, not only in Southern California, but in my opinion, all of high school football. Before I introduce him, let me run down some of his accolades. Over 250 wins. CIF playoffs 25 times. CIF championship games 99, 02, 03, 09, 10, 11, 17. CIF championship wins 99, 03, 09, 11, 17. State championship game appearance 2011. Cal High State Coach of the Year 2009. Ventura County Football Coaches Association Staff of the Year, seven different times. LA Times Coach of the Year, CIF Southern Section Coach of the Year, four times. California Coaches Association State Coach of the Year, 2004. Gerald R. Ford All-American Coach Award, 2007. LA Daily News Coach of the Year, 2009-2011. Coach the Daily News All-Star Game, four times. CIF City All-Star Game, 1997. Head coach for the California All-Star Team that beat Texas in the 2000 Shrine Game. Head coach of California versus Florida All-Star Game, 2003. Has coached in the Army All-American Bowl in 2006, 9, and 16. Jim Benkert, thanks for joining me here on Bully. Tony, I'm flattered. Thank you so much. Quite the resume. I'm sure I missed a few things, but... In your wildest dreams, when you started back in the day at Crespi under Bill Riddell, did you ever think that you would be where you are today? Well, Tony, I'll tell you what, I, I, uh, I played for some fantastic coaches in high school, and I, I remember some of the lessons that I learned in high school uh, through my, my head football coaches there. And, uh, you know, when I, when I graduated high school, I, that's all I wanted to be was a high school football coach, kind of be like them, kind of mimic them and, uh, teach the lessons that I learned, uh, in football, through football. And, uh, so I was, I was, uh, always headed to be a high school football coach. Uh, and everything I did was to prepare myself for that. Let's go back to the 80s. And I was a young, aspiring coach. Granted, I tell people I am the part of the Bill Riddell coaching tree that did not get water. It, the branch just <laughs> died. But I look at that staff, you, Tim Linz, Rich Fong, Doug Simonis, Frank Bean, Joel Wilker, all under Bill Riddell. That is quite the coaching tree. Well, I'll tell you what, it's, it's, uh, it's really and maybe that's longevity is when you can, when you can coach with your friends, you know, I think that's what makes it all worthwhile uh, because coaching becomes a family coaching becomes, you know, really your life uh, away from home. And you're, you're really away from home quite a bit of the time when you're teaching and you're coaching and you're out on the field and you're dealing with boosters and you're dealing with raising money and you're dealing with all the things that are necessary to raise money. And you go back to the eighties. I mean, that was even more critical back in those times, but uh, you know, to, to have friends and great guys around you uh, really makes it uh, that much more enjoyable. And, and uh, you know, starting out with those type of guys and, you know, uh, you know, you mentioned Doug Simonis. So I called Doug up uh, a year ago when I took the West, uh, the, the, the Simi Valley job and 
he was uh, retired on the beach in uh, Puerto Rico, uh, fixing his house from the hurricane. And I said, Doug, we got to get back together. I need you to come and be my coordinator. And uh, he gave up a year of his life and flew back and forth six or seven times to, to coach the defense for us, did an excellent job. And more than what he did on the field is just we rekindled the friendship. So, you know, those guys, uh, Rich Fong's been with me on and on for, for 30 years. So, or I've been with him. I mean, we've been together for 30 years. So it's just been uh, a great, a great run. And, and uh, you know, I, I continue to enjoy it day by day. And I tell you what, when I go out to games and, and even when I would do a Crespi game and I'd see people like Chris Romero, who are still coaching and, and Troy Thomas and, and some of the alums, and then I get to see you and Rich and Tim and John Kidder and Bill Riddell, it's, it's always kind of like, man, I just like to sit here on the sidelines and talk about the old times. Maybe we can cancel the game and just have a boot well, session. It, it, it is uh... – you know, and 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 back to your comments in, in regarding Crespi, you know, it's 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 there's so many kids that I coach through Crespi that I they run into today, and they and they talk about uh, their experiences on the sophomore football team or their experiences uh, playing for us on the varsity football team or whatever it may be. So you know, really had an opportunity to. Uh, to really enrich a lot of lives and, and, and those lives enrich mine too. So, uh, you know, to see these guys that are, you know, in their mid fifties and their early fifties and, uh, guys that I coach way back and they see their families and see the things that they can remember their, 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 their memories of the, de- of the time that they played at Crespi with us. It's just, it's really, like you say, it's something you can sit down and talk to forever. And it's funny, I when I talk to people, even Chris McGee, who's a big shot with Spectrum, I'll text him every now and then. I saw him last week at a volleyball thing. My wife was working. And it's not, hey, Tony, it's, hey, coach. I was talking to Mike Parks the other day or Steve Purrier. Hey, coach. Is that the biggest compliment that any of us could ever have, that they still call us coach and consider us their coaches? Oh, uh, you know, it, it's – it's uh it's been my life for, you know, it's been my life since I graduated high school. You know, it's, it's always been the dream. As soon as I got out of college, I was immediately coaching. Even before I was out of college, I was coaching. And I remember uh, Eric Sondheimer can say the same thing. I mean, he was writing for the daily news before he even got out of poly. He was already writing for the daily news because it was something that he, he had uh, a passion for something that he wanted to do. And and the same is, is with me. I mean, it's something I always wanted to do, but you know, I, I now with social media, you're able to kind of connect with guys from from back in the day and kind of stay in uh, stay in touch with them. And you mentioned Steve Purrier, and uh, he sent me a personal me- message on Facebook. And I'm not a big Facebooker, but uh, you know, it comes on my cell phone, and I hooked it up. And you know, I just I'm I'm so I'm so glad to be a little bit of a part of their lives and and to listen to the, some of the stories that they say uh, back in the day. And obviously it was some tremendous times with Bill Riddell, who, who, you know, we're still friends after all these years. And, and uh, you know, I haven't seen Joel Wilker in so many years, but I heard he's doing, did a great job of coaching back in Michigan or wherever he moved to. And, you know, just uh, Steve Corey, who's up at uh, in Oregon, he started on the original staff back in 1982 and, Rich came on the Rich Fong came on the staff in '83, and you know I saw uh, 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 Chris Hyduke, uh, who is now coaching at Redondo or um, some somewhere around Redondo, and he's still actively coaching. Actually, you know what? He's at Pali. He's at uh, Palisades High School. So 
you know, these are guys we started coaching with, uh, you know, 30 years ago and it's, it's, it's great memories. And obviously having the kids around is even better. You go to Westlake, you didn't get the head coaching job at Crespi. That went to Tim Linz and Tim did a great job at Crespi. But you go to Westlake, you, you build an empire at Westlake, a lot of league championships, a lot of CIF championships. What from Crespi and being around those people helped you become so successful at Westlake? Oh, boy, that takes me back. Uh, you know, um, you know, I uh, my first year at Westlake was 1989 and and, and uh, as I recall that year, it was a tough year for me because, you know, I really had thought processes to stay at Crespi and stay coaching. And, uh, you know, it wasn't in the cards for me and, and it was for Coach Linz. And, you know, I was happy. In fact, he and I sat down and talked about staying together at Crespi. But I, I felt I, I was ready to be a head coach. And I had spent uh, five or six years with Coach Riddell being the offensive coordinator and uh, I applied for the Westlake job and ended up getting it. And uh, but but I wasn't uh, a, a credential teacher. I had my degree, but I didn't have my credential. So uh, I stayed teaching at Crespi for a year and uh, actually stayed the head track coach. So here I was, the head football coach at Westlake and the head track coach at Crespi. So I was really kind of a, a of a really a tough year for me with. Uh, you know, different allegiances and knowledges and, and things that I had to do back and forth and, you know, running over to Westlake to set this up, running back to Crespi to run a track program. It, it was a tough year and still teaching a full load at Crespi. And I believe I was teaching biology, physiology and, and uh, PE back in those days. So, uh, you know, it was it, it was what we did. You know, uh, when, when the things you learned at Crespi was it was all in. Everybody was all in. And, and it was scouting, clipboards, pencils, uh, uh, lining the track, uh, use, uh, mowing the lawn, setting the field up. I would never mow so, that you know, lawn. It, was, it was all the above. I mean, it was everything we always did. So going to Wessex was, uh, you know, was a change for me because I was going into public school and there was there were people that did those kind of things at Crespi. Uh, you know, you just, you just, you learned how to work at Crespi. When I, when I, when I started coaching in 1982, I learned how to work. I learned how to go and scout. I learned how to put my time in. I learned how to do all the, the little things that you needed to do uh, to be a successful coach. And when I went over to Westlake, you know, I, we brought that work ethic with us and um, um, really, really, you know, Westlake hadn't been successful. They hadn't been in the playoffs in in the last seven years before we took over. And, uh, you know, we took them to the second round, actually beat an undefeated Arcadia, uh, Arcadia team on uh, Coach uh, Salter's last year, uh, just a legend in, in coaching. And we were able to, to win that game in the first round and on in the playoffs. And so, you know, we had some success, but it was there was a, it was a lot of hard work, a lot of time trying to get players to buy into the program. And, and when, when they did, we started doing some special things. What did you learn 25 years at Westlake? What, what did you take away from all of that? Because it's a, it's a different type of community. There's a lot of affluence over there. There's a lot of parents who want to get their way. And how, what did you get out of that to help you change the way you coach, become a better coach, become a better person? Well, I think uh, you're, you're right. I mean, obviously uh, Westlake was an, 
you know, an upper class area back in, in the eighties and in, into the early nineties. But, um, you know, what I found is, is, uh, kids are kids, no matter, no matter where they are. And, you know, kids want to be successful and they want to please, and they want to, you know, they, 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 they do the things that a coach tells them to do. You know, it, it's, I, I always tell parents, you know, if you ask your kids to, to uh, empty the trash, you know, it may take them two or three or four times to, um, continue to tell them or ask them to dump the trash. I only do it one time. <laughs> when I saw that was like, I say at one time, if it's not done, uh, you know, there's discipline. So, uh, you know, we set the, 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 the goal, um, you know, to, to reach the playoffs and to, uh, you know, to really, uh, move the program in the right direction. And we did it with discipline. Um, something that was, you know, maybe not, prevalent back in those days but you know discipline was was a major movement that we brought to Westlake and it was discipline in the classroom discipline uh, on the field and discipline in the weight room and discipline within the community discipline within your family life you know we really uh, got involved in all aspects of the kids and put together drug awareness programs uh, put together things with the parents and really uh just uh, started a program where it was a three-part thing. It was the coaches, it was the parents, and it was the players. And, and we we're all pulling in the same direction. And it, it took a few years for us to really get ingrained and get the kids to be ingrained in that. Because before I got there, there was, you know, I mean, I had to, I had to touch a lot of kids and touch a lot of families. And uh, I remember getting there, it was only 60 kids in the entire program. We had uh, 19 on the freshman team. I mean, that we, we were just, the numbers were dwindling and we had to really bring it back and it took some time and it took a lot of hard work. But, um, when we got it rolling, you know, the kids started coming and they wanted to play at Westlake. They wanted to play. And then, and then it's what you give them everything, you know, like Oregon. I mean, back in the day, we were the Oregon of, of high school football, you know, two helmets and, uh, you know, really tried to give the kids, you know, the top of, of everything, the best helmets, the best shoulder pads, because we expected them to give us their all. And, uh, we wanted to give them our all. So, you know, really live the job for, I mean, I'll tell you, I lived that job for 26 years and, and I have some great memories and I loved being a part of that program. And throughout those years, you've coached so many college, few NFL players. When you look back at those Westlake teams, who did you know had that it factor that you knew would be really successful at the next level? And which player surprised you the most from those years where you thought, man, this kid eh, probably not going to make it, but ended up making it at the college level? Well, you know, I tell you that the, the program turned around when a young man and a young incoming freshman by the name of Billy Miller uh, came to our program and, uh, you know, instead of going to a lot of the programs around, he stayed at his at, at this public school that that uh, he grew up around. And I remember talking to his uh, dad, saying, "Just give us a chance. Just give us a chance. If you're not happy, go." And uh, he he came in there, and by the time he was a senior, uh, you know, he had rewritten the record books of uh, Ventura County football, and ended up. Uh, getting a scholarship to USC, had a tremendous career there, and then off into the NFL for, I know he was drafted by the Broncos and then off into the, with the Saints it became, uh, and then with the Texans. Uh, actually scored the first uh, touchdown in the history of the Texans uh, and has, his, uh, has the ball in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, uh, that was a tremendous um, 
coup back in those days to keep a kid from going somewhere else and to coming into a program that hadn't been highly successful and to help us to uh, turn it around. And I would say that the, the one factor that helped us to get there was Billy Miller. I mean, him, him achieving what he achieved and uh, actually risking it to, to come to his, his high school and, and uh, you know, against all everyone else that was trying to pull him, he, he ended up at Westlake and had a tremendous career. And, and uh, you know, I'm re- it was probably the, the one player that really turned things around for us. But, you know, I, I used to say that Billy was uh, maybe one of the best players that ever played at Westlake, but Joey Capari was probably the best player uh, that ever performed when the ball was in the air. I mean, when that ball was in the air, he was magical, special. I was a little surprised that uh, he picked Colorado State because they didn't have a baseball program, and he was equally as good on the on the baseball field as he was uh, on the football field. And he ended up uh, having a great career at at Colorado State, and uh, you know now as a doctor and and uh, you know helping others. So uh, you know those are the probably the two number one names that come out in the in the early nineties. And now during your time at Westlake, uh, Oaks Christian is built and started. Bill Riddell becomes the head coach. He builds a tremendous program over there. When was the first time you guys met each other in a game where you're across the sideline from each other? And what was that like? Actually, probably the first time we were across the sidelines from each other was a a public versus private all-star game that uh, I think the Shrine game uh, was lacking some uh, – attendance so they decided to do a public uh, private format and Bill Riddell was the private school and I coached the public school back in those days but I think the um, the first time we actually got together was when the Marmonte League uh, uh, brought Oaks Christian into the league and you know when Oaks Christian was first uh, there and and they had a their um, their um, statement their, their, their statement of growth of things that they wanted to do really kind of hinged around athletics or in the early days. And they were getting some fantastic football players. And, you know, I remember telling our kids and our coaches, you know, we're going to compete, you know, we, we got to compete. Every, everything we do has got to compete. And, uh, you know, the school district, the Canal Valley school district saw, uh, the need to compete. And, uh, we ended up getting some fields uh, put in, uh, which was a, a joint, uh, deal with the uh, the school district and the park district and and the schools where we all kind of got together and and the three Caneo schools ended up getting facilities that would equal or e- actually better uh, the Oaks Christian uh, school um, and uh, we started competing and uh, you know we we didn't complain and we didn't whine and you know I didn't want to hear any of that all I wanted to, to talk about was co- us competing and and I thought we competed very well, even though we didn't play them. You know, they, they were a small school back in the day and they were achieving CIF championships at divisions that were beneath us from a standpoint of a CIF divisions. And we were playing for CIF titles in, in larger divisions. So we really never, I'm, I remember Bill calling me up and saying, let's play. I said, Hey, Bill, there's nothing for us to, we don't, we can't win that game. Because anybody will assume we're right. supposed to win, and if you knock us off, then you know that's the one game I don't want to play. So for two or three years, you know, he would ask me to play, and I would say no. And then they became in our league, and and uh, 
then we we played them. Uh, I think I we competed against them six times in our league when I was there, and uh, we had uh, mixed results. Actually, Bill will say we had mixed results. I think we had pretty positive results, except for one one game where we didn't win in a CIF championship game right down to the end. And you guys have breakfast together on a weekly basis. What were those conversations about? Because the relationship went back so far. And how important were those times with Bill? And I know you guys didn't just talk about football because family is so important to the both of you. Well, you know, it's probably funny because I, m- I remember one of those um, breakfast mornings we talked actually about we, we were going to actually play that week or the week before and we're having breakfast. And I said to him, you know, boy, you don't even need to take a bus. You should just walk up the road to Westlake and and bring the and he he thought that was the greatest idea ever. And he proceeded to put this whole thing together and to walk the, you know, quarter of a mile up the street to, to, to the game and, and parade all of their great players and everything in there. And uh, we proceeded to win the football game. So, um, you know, we always laugh about the, the fact that I gave him the idea and he believed that their team wasn't ready to play because they had to walk up to the game. So, um, that was probably the best little uh, psych job I did on Bill Riddell. Now, you coached his kids. You coached Ronnie. You coached Billy. I think Randy was a little bit before you got there. And then you end up coaching his grandkids. How awesome was that just to see the whole Riddell family come all the way through, kind of kind of full circle for you? Yeah, actually, I did coach Randy. Randy was uh, – uh, I, I think he was a senior or a junior in, in, in 1982. And uh, he, I did coach him. Um, and, uh, and, and obviously Billy and, and, and Ronnie and all three of them. I mean, just like the old whole Riddell family, I mean, three quality kids and, you know, obviously uh, one going to air force and, you know, I, they all Stanford and, and uh, uh, UC Davis or wherever. I, I don't remember where Billy went, but uh, I think Billy UCLA, that's UCLA. right. That's right. UCLA. So, you know, all three of them not only uh, perform well in the football field, they're all great, great kids and, and, you know, have great careers in, in, in what they do now. Um, but uh, I, I, and then had an opportunity to coach uh, their kids at, uh, at, at Oaks Christian. It was a big thrill to me and, you know, and obviously probably a big thrill for Bill. Now you leave you leave Westlake, you go to Oaks. What did you learn going from one to the other? Because Bill was at Oaks, Bill left for a little while, he comes back, then you come in and you take over. What what was that dichotomy like with with having Bill around? Well, you know what? I think um, you know, Oaks Christian is Bill Riddell's program. Um, I think that uh I was getting to the point in my career at Westlake that, um, you know, I was looking for a change. I'd been there for 26 years. We'd accomplished uh, quite a lot. And I think um, it kind of wore down a little bit. It kind of wore on me as I got a little older. And I, th- I think I just needed a change. And so um, in talking with Bill, he, he had taken over the job um, and they hadn't been successful before he took over the job and he took over the job and they didn't make the playoffs. And, 
you know, so I, I, I don't really know what the inside scoop was going on. Um, but, you know, we had talked about uh, getting together and uh, coming back to Oaks Christian. And, you know, just I thought the timing was right. I was ready to retire from the school district. So, uh, you know, I retired from the school district and then uh, went over to Oaks Christian and uh, and Bill was there. And, you know, I think it was a little tough for me because, um, you know, obviously I've been a head coach for 26 years at that time. And Bill had had built that program into a national power and uh, things had slipped a little bit after Bill took the Occidental job and uh, had come back. And and so I think that I think it was a little tough for both of us, for me to be run the football program and for him to to take a backseat to the program. But I think uh, by the time the, 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 the first year was over, I think we both uh, saw that it was kind of necessary for me to take the football reins. And he kind of uh, worked on things behind the scenes uh, more in the development area. Thanks for joining us here on Believe. I'm Tony Moskal, and we're continuing to talk with high school football coaching legend Jim Benkert. You win a CIF championship at Oaks in 2017. Then all of a sudden, there's a weird meeting in the office. You're you're trying to plan for next year, but you get called in and, and you end up resigning. Would you mind talking about the circumstances behind that and what happened? Well, you know, it was, uh, you know, obviously – we're, we're moving forward for the next year. And, and, uh, you know, I, I just think that, uh, from my standpoint, I did not appreciate the fact that, uh, people were being hired behind my back and not talking to me in regarding football. So, you know, I think that, uh, at, at like any football coach, they want to be in charge of their program. And, you know, from my standpoint, some of the information that came to me, uh, was concerning to me. And when I wanted answers, I didn't quite get the answers that I was either a looking for or, um, felt like I, I, uh, something that I, that they should provide to me as a head football coach. So it just, uh, it, it being retired and, and, uh, not having to kind of put up with things that maybe didn't make me happy. I thought that, that, that the time was right for me to walk away and, um, you know, it might have been right for them to for them for me to walk away. Um, so uh, we parted ways, and uh, you know, I, I, I felt bad about it because I had a lot of great kids. I mean, you go back to talk about some of the players that that uh, were were at Oaks Christian that uh, were part of our regime, and you know, I, I I hated to walk away from those kids because they were special kids, but. You know, on, on the other hand, I had to do what was right for me and what was right for my family. And th- you end up at Simi Valley. And to me, it's ironic. You know, Crespi hires a guy that's at Simi. You go to Simi. And is it fair to say that over the last several decades, Simi has not really had football tradition? You talk two league championships in 70 years, average three wins a year. You come in and you immediately start to change the culture. What did you do to change the culture to get the kids to buy in? And do you think the name Jim Benkert gave that program instant credibility? Oh, <laughs> I I don't I I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, from from my standpoint, if you would were to say to me, you know, at any time that you know you'd be the head football coach at at Simi Valley, uh, I would have I would have. 
I would have said, you know, you, you're crazy. I, I would have never thought that that would be the the steps that I would take. But you know, I, I never really looked at it, and I never never really looked at it. So so back to being retired and uh, walking away from the Oaks Christian situation. Um, I think that after a month of not coaching football and really not being done coaching football and really still loving coaching football. And, uh, my wife, uh, said to me, you need to get a job. So after a month, uh, you know, and this was maybe March, uh, you know, you need to get a job. Well, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of jobs out there. So I had, um, I applied for the Simi Valley job, which was the only job that I applied for. And, um, kind of felt like, okay, and started thinking about Simi Valley a little bit. And, you know, if we take it and talking to my coaches of which, you know, 90% of them, you know, I think 13 of my coaches went with me from Oaks Christian to Simi Valley my first year. And, um, you know, I, I talked with them and find out what they want to do and they all wanted to coach too. So we all, uh, applied, well, I applied for the Simi job and waited around until they made a decision and, and off we went. I mean, we just, we just, uh, went through one thing to another and and uh, started making changes and uh, kind of out with the old and in with the new and and I mean out with the old every single thing was out you know we we got rid of everything I mean we painted over low uh, slogans and you know you can't be champions you know I don't there was all these champion slogans well if you've won five league championships in 71 years, 206 wins in 71 years, an average of 2.96 wins a year, there's no coach in the history of the program had had a better than 500 record. They had uh, the last two coaches were, uh, you know, record-wise were not successful. We, we had to really change everything. We had to start with uh, kids going to class, kids uh, trying to get uh, – you know, get their grade point average up. And quite honestly, for the first two months of football, we marched around the school uh, to get some discipline. So that, uh, uh, you know, was a program that I can be proud of. Now, how did the kids respond to to that, to discipline? To We're going to march around. We're going to get rid of all these slogans. Was it tough for you guys to get them to buy in? Or did they kind of see the method to your madness? Well, you know, every we, we would have something new better than something old continuously. So, you know, uh, the, my first the first thing I said to them, you know, two weeks into the job was throw it away. And it, like what? Everything. So we open up the weight room or the locker room. We throw every threw everything away. I mean, the lockers, the the carpet, the 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 radios. We threw everything away. And two months later, we open up the locker room to uh, new lockers, new flooring, new new sound system, new air conditioning. Uh, you know, something that they can be proud of with a with their name tags on their lockers. You know, and and at the immediately they saw the difference between then and now. Um, I'm a firm believer is if you expect them to play at a high level and give everything they have, then we have to give them everything that they can use to get to those areas. And, you know, the district stepped up and bought helmets, uh, uh, new helmets for us, which, you know, was necessary because there hadn't been a whole lot of, of, um, <laughs> 
of, of new stuff. So, you know, we, we got new uniforms, we got new helmets, we got new helmet stickers, we got new locker room, we got a new weight room, we put new, new, new bumpers on plates on all the weights. We, we, we absolutely, we clean things that have been dirty for a long time. So, um, you know, we brought in huddle sidelines. We did, we did the things that big time programs need to have. And the kids immediately responded to that. They wanted, they, I mean, any football player, I mean, they, they want to be successful. You know, they put a lot of time out there and they, they, they want to, they want to see the, um, the, their hard work paid off in the win category. And, you know, as we started, uh, making these changes and, and as we got to the season and, uh, successes started coming to these kids and they started believing in themselves and they started believing in their, their brothers, which, you know, are their teammates. You know, we started to see instant successes week to week. And we actually went on a five, five game winning streak, which they hadn't seen at Simi in a long time. Well, for heaven's sakes, you hadn't won five games in three years. Now you guys come in, you go eight and four, you make the second round of the playoffs. You lose to a pretty, pretty good Highland team. At, at the end of the season, when you lose that last game, there's there's that sadness that, wow, it's over. But how great was it for those kids, those families, and the pioneer community to achieve and to see that their football program can be successful? Well, I, I think it's it's the first step. I mean, when I went to Westlake and, and uh, you know, our first year, uh, you know, we made the playoffs. We went five, six, and one through the whole year, but we were, we were four, four, five, and one in the regular season, but we beat the right people. We made the playoffs and went into the playoffs with, with a great attitude and ended up knocking off the number two seed in Arcadia and got to the second round before we met a Harry Welsh Canyon team. And they spanked us in the second round. But that being said, we had established a little bit of the groundwork. We didn't achieve all of our goals, but we established a groundwork. And, and I would say the same thing as Simi. You know, we, we didn't achieve all of our goals because, you know, you don't go into a season, at least I don't, with anything other than league championships, CIF championships, you know, and, and a run at, the, at a state bowl game. I mean, if you're not doing that as a coach and setting the bar high, then, then I think that you are uh, not allowing the kids to achieve what, what they want to achieve. If you think they, they, these kids want to come out and play football, uh, just to put the pads on and run around, then, 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 then you're, you're not, you're not in the right profession. You know, you need to be competitive. And so, you know, we, we, we compete in everything we do. We compete with, with our program. It doesn't matter what we do, we're going to compete. And uh, so the eight and four was a good groundwork. And obviously it's, it's something to build on, but it's not mission accomplished. We're not there yet. We need to play for a league championship. We need to get in there and, and play for a Seahawks championship and, and be successful there. And then, and then we will have achieved what we set out to do. And that is to win the last game that we play. And you've had a lot of people with you over the years. Rich Fong has been someone that you've had a friendship with like a lot of other guys, but he has been on your staff and you guys have been sideline compatriots for, for several years. What does having him on your staff mean to you and that friendship that you guys have had throughout the years? Oh, my. You know, I just I tell you, I don't like to do it without my friends because it is such a grind, uh, you know, through any season, whether you're coaching Pop Warner or, or youth ball or high school ball at any level. And then you get to college and then you get to pros. It's a grind. I mean, it's 
it's uh, it's day to day game planning. It's breaking down film. It's it's it, it can be a grind, but to do it with guys that are quality guys, that are family guys, that are you know that are all in it for the right reasons. You know, I I, I sit there and say I've got I've got fifteen coaches at Simi Valley right now, and um, I have six stipends, and we have last year we had to divide the stipends in in thirds. So essentially I didn't pay for the guy's gas to come to, to come there and coach, but you know, they're not coaching because of the money they're coaching because of the great sport of football and haven't have an impact in these young men's lives. So, you know, you go to rich and rich has had some success as a head football coach at back in the LAB days and at the uh, St. Genevieve days. And, you know, he, he's taken his head, head coach and he knows what it's to be a head coach you know, and I go back to my Westlake days and Daryl Smith, you know, you know, Big D was was with me when I started. And uh, Ron Resigno, who, you know, gosh, I had him for for 12 years, uh, you know, until uh, he kind of he can't drive to to Simi Valley. And it's been a big a big uh, hurt for me not to have all my friends around me. Steve Hagee, who was my run game coordinator through the Westlake and Oaks Christian years. You know, those guys were just great but you know rich is special rich has been everything to me and everything within the program he's been a coordinator he's been an offensive line coach he's been an ad he's been a head coach as i said in a couple places he knows he knows the drill but you know he's a guy that that uh he 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 will if, if a kid comes to him and says coach my helmet doesn't fit right he will spend the time making sure that helmet is absolutely perfect. He is a meticulous worker. He's all in it for all the right reasons. And I just, I don't think I could do it without him. I mean, I mean, it, he's, he's that much of a part of my, of me and my program. And I, Rich and I talk probably every couple of weeks, we text back and forth and, and I agree with you. Just what a, what a quality person you, you talked about family and you recently became a grandfather. And, and we spoke about that about a year ago, I believe. Uh, how has that changed your outlook on life and, and football? And, and how awesome is it to not have to raise the kids, but you can just give them back when there's a problem? Well, you know, I've, I've, I've the grandkids, um, we have a, a daughter that lives in Texas and we have a daughter that lives in Indiana. And uh, it makes it hard because the kids have been in different states. Now, Katie... Uh, my daughter has moved from Indiana back here to California four days ago. So it, rather than getting on an airplane and, and playing grandpa for three days and then getting on an airplane and come back, now I have an opportunity, the, maybe the first opportunity to really spend some quality time over time with them. So uh, in fact, uh, we, we, we just saw them yesterday for the first time since they've come back to, to California for Indiana. And it was just such a joy. We have a, a two and a half year old and uh, to listen to him uh, sing, take me out to the ball game and use Dodgers as the one, two, three strikes route. You know, it's, it's the Dodgers instead of the home team, he says the Dodgers and it almost, you know, watching him do it. It's just, it's a thrill for me. And I'm just going to enjoy uh, every, every second, uh, raising these kids, which, uh, you know, now I have an opportunity to touch them, uh, daily. That's, that's awesome. And Jim, I, you know, I could talk to you all day about the old days and football and, and I hope to see you guys this season. I hope prep zone picks one of your games. 
I know you open up. I believe you open up with Lompoc. They're always a tough battle. Andrew Jones is a quality guy. Um, I want to thank you for taking the time to share some insight with me. And I look forward to catching up with you during the regular season. And and hopefully we can do this again as you guys march towards the CIF championship. That would be great, Tony. And it is always, always a pleasure to talk to you and see you. And uh, let's get together sometime and have some coffee. Absolutely, Jim. All Thanks. Right, take, take care. care. Bye bye now. If you if you like the podcast, please subscribe. You can find us at believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, and at Believe Podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Tony Moskal, T-O-N-Y-M-O-S-K-A-L. If you've got any feedback, let me know. Suggestions, let me know. If you didn't like it or you did like it, let me know. Thanks for joining us here on Believe. Until next time. I'm Tony Moskal. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.